0: Hey everyone, Joe here. In this episode, I got to welcome back Trip Bodie Bodenheimer to the lounge. Bodie is a non-commissioned officer in the United States Air Force and is currently an instructor at the Air Force's Enlisted Professional Military Education Instructor Schoolhouse. During our discussion, we explored the principles of the book, The Five Gears, How to be present and productive when there is never enough time, written by Jeremy Kubaček and Steve Cochran. Enjoy.
1: Life, Life. learning,
0: leadership, Leadership. the Lama Lounge. Yo, welcome back to the Lama Lounge, a dialogue on all things life, learning, and leadership. This is Joe Bogdan, and I have the pleasure of welcoming back this fantastic guest to the lounge, Trip. Bodhi Bodenheimer. Bodhi is an instructor at the United States Air Force's Enlisted Professional Military Education Instructor Course located in Montgomery, Alabama. What's up, Bodhi? How's it going, sir? It's going awesome, man. It's going awesome, man. And for our listeners, you, know, you may remember Bodhi from Episode 5, Unwritten Influence, where he discusses the five voices as well as the influence his father had on him. And I'm telling you what, if if you have not listened to that episode, I highly recommend you check it out. It, that one definitely pulled
1: at my heartstrings for sure, man. So what's what's new with you, bro? Uh, we just finished our uh, our last class over here at the Enlisted Professional Military Education Instructor Course. We got a nice little break until January. Nice. When we teach our next class, but uh, yeah, it's uh we got about two months, but that two months is packed with with you know professional development seminars. Personal development that we're going to be doing. So, we, we've uh, our schedules are pretty much booked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm glad that you uh, pointed that out because some people are going to be like, wait, so now you're not working until January? <laughs> uh,
1: that is not the case. Yeah, we're actually more case. busy now.
0: Right. Right. Because you're going to be, I mean, imagine all the development, all that stuff, and reviewing curriculum and everything else along with that. Right. Just like teachers get during their uh, summer vacation, there's a lot of work that's keeping up with things.
1: We actually have a new, new instructor that just joined us. Um, Sarn Holmes Watson, she's coming over um, from Travis Airman Leadership School. So okay. we're going to be spending a lot of time going over uh, lesson plans, getting her ready for the new year, and then uh, helping out with FTAC 5-6. So mm. super busy, super yeah. busy. We're actually more busy now than we are when we have a class. Yeah, I
0: bet. <laughs> I bet isn't that interesting how that happens? That, that's pretty wild. It really is. Yeah. So um, with your new instructor, how, how many instructors do you have for
1: APMEIC? So right now we have three enlisted instructors, we have our commandant, and then we have a doctor on staff as well. Okay, okay, is that the normal number? Or are you guys under or over? Actually, we're supposed to have four, but we okay. have one that's that's being lent out to, uh, as a career assistance advisor right now. Okay, cool. Yeah, I bet you
0: that makes it interesting. You're spinning around all these classes and then all the environment with the, uh, with the
1: virtual learning. Um, yeah, that, it's gotta be interesting. I'm ready to get back in residence we're, yeah. we're actually getting we, we moved over to the Barnes Center and they're building uh, four new flight rooms brand new flight rooms really
0: okay. and they're,
1: yep they're gonna they're gonna be ready in December we're gonna we're supposed to hopefully mm. uh, as of right now we're looking at uh, testing it out possibly getting people back in as soon as January small numbers mm. but I don't know I don't know how that's gonna go so it right. may be the middle of the year but uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna be super excited to get those new flight rooms because we really haven't had like a a home. We've kind of been mm-hmm. moving from spot to spot since I got here a year ago. So ready. yeah,
0: yeah, because you guys are kind of in that block where I think I went to senior and Academy way back in the day, just filling you in wherever they can. Yeah, so that that's good, and it alleviates some of the parking over in the over in the the schoolhouse because when all the classes are going on at once, man, it's pretty tough.
1: Oh. Uh, they can just walk now. It's literally, yeah. they, they they cross the Max Credit Union parking lot and they're right there at our schoolhouse. <laughs> nice. So that that's awesome, man. So, hey, I, I wanted to ask you to come back
0: on because the last time um, you were on, we talked about the five voices, like I mentioned, but then um, you started instructing the five gears and you, you taught that course to my senior enlisted leaders, which um, I think they really appreciated for sure. And then um, actually um, the special lady in my life has been reading that book to me lately and um, we're on gear three right now um, and we've been enjoying it together. And and I thought that it would be a great topic to talk about because it's really something that I know for sure our listeners, but people in general can get a lot from um, understanding yeah. how to manage your energy, your time, your focus and everything else in between. So I was hoping maybe first, before we dig deep into it, um, Tell us how you got into it. Um, how how did Five Gears kind of fall into your lap?
1: So when I took the course to get certified for mm-hmm. Five Voices, it was a it was a piece of it. It was a, a little piece. I think we'd spent maybe maybe an hour, hour or two on it. And but there was so much to unpack from Five Voices to where you know we were going through getting certified. We were going to be teaching Five Voices back at our, our, for our squadron and, and for our base. So uh, when we got back, we were just focused on mainly the, the, the five voices specifically. But then when I started teaching it and the more uh, I went over it, I was like, you know, there's a lot more stuff that went along to five voices. And I started looking at the circle of influence and I started looking at the support challenge matrix that comes along with it as well. And then there was the five years in my commandant, uh, was familiar with it as well because he had read it and we were like, you know, I could take five years and turn that into a lesson as well. And there's a book on it. And I said, if I can get the book, I can piece the lesson together. And cause to me, I find so, nothing against five voices. I think five voices is great, but I think just day in and day out, like, you know, everybody you interact with just how you run your day. I think five gears helps so much. Right.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Um, just from the class that you taught, and like I said, five, like you had mentioned, five voices is awesome as well. It really gives you a perspective understanding uh, of um, the different, I would say loosely, personalities, because that's not necessarily the right voice, mm-hmm. the, the right word for it. But um, but the gears, I will tell you, man. So many people have told me that you know they have time management issues, yes. or they have focus issues, or whatever else it might be, and they might, and they oftentimes somebody's like. I feel like you got like 26 to 28 hours in your day when I only have so much. I was like, ah, then we still got the same amount of hours, man. <laughs> so um, a lot of it has to do with how you are, um, you know, just handling yourself, your business, your day and everything else and understanding what gear you're in and when to utilize the right gear, right? And I think maybe... Although I'm far from perfect at it, there's a lot of ways I, where I can get a little bit more efficient and effective. I think anybody can get a little bit better and just really, really produce a lot more, whether it's for themselves, for others, the people that care about, or their airmen, whatever it might be, their organization. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan as well of Five Gears, and I love the lesson
1: that you taught us. You'd be, you'd be really dangerous if you get more time on your schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. What would I fill that time with? We'll see. <laughs> you, you get a couple more podcasts. You can write a book. You just yeah. do some stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> so so hey so explain like we've
0: been kind of like tiptoeing around the whole idea of what the five gears is but l- before we get into the gears uh give us like a general uh synopsis of what it's about you know um maybe the authors of the book you know what what they were trying to do and just the overall concept
1: yes so the authors of the book are jeremy kubachek and steve Cochran. Um, CEOs from Giant Worldwide. And basically, Five Gears is a metaphor for manual stick transmission. And it's basically uh, like the art and science of making sure you're in the right moments in your life. And it's all about being present, being productive, kind of what you said, when it feels like we don't have enough time in our day. And pretty much the the gears are telling you that you've got to be in the right gear at the right moment in your day. And I usually start the lesson with, going through my day. And I tell people my day and they're like, Oh, you do so much and you're doing your day. Perfect. But in reality, I'm not, I'm, I have time management issues and I'm not present with my family at the right time, but they think, well, you're in the same proximity as them. You're, you're sitting four feet from them. Mm-hmm. You're there, but that's not necessarily true. And, and five gears really makes you realize that as you go through them that, um, Yes, I am sitting at the dinner table with them, but all four of us are on our cell phones right now. So right. that does not mean we're there with each other, uh, being present.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's why I think that there's a, um, especially now with just how you know omnipresent you know technology is now, you know, and everything else is. There's, there's just. So much stuff that can clutter <laughs> our brains, yes. right? And then that turns into cluttering our schedule, right? I mean, it's just it's just amazing, and and just how easy it is to talk to somebody across the planet with globalization of technology, but then we're not being present with the person across the table, like you mentioned, right? So it, it we're addicted make, to it. it. Yeah, absolutely, right? Absolutely. Have huh? you have you uh, what was that? The, the social dilemma? Have you seen that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty yeah. wild, right? Kind of freaks you out a little bit, but <laughs> we are absolutely addicted to a lot of these things and the feelings that come with it. But um but I definitely think that like, you know, books like The Five Gears and the classes like The Five Gears can can help us rebound and just be more present with the people and and uh the people that we care about the most and I think that's really important to our overall contentment and happiness. So yeah i really appreciate that you kind of turned it into that so let me ask you i've been asked i've been wondering about this so they didn't mind that you just kind of took the book and started teaching a, a class off of it huh
1: well because it still falls under five voices
0: yeah yeah so
1: and that's the thing they have certifications for five voices and then for uh they're working on one for 100x leadership but nice. uh, when we went through the five voices course to get certified five years was part of it okay um so i was like I'm certified on it. I nice. got the book. I'm going to start teaching. And then I've actually um synced up with uh Jeremy Kubicek mm-hmm. from uh Five Gear the creator of it. And uh he was recently on on our podcast talking to us and he's actually coming back. He's going to talk to us about Five Voices and Five Gears. But yeah. uh but yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good stuff, man. Yeah, and I, and we'll definitely be talking about your podcast in a little bit too cuz that one's amazing as well, man. But yeah, so let's go into these gears. Because what I've learned from you, plus what I'm reading about or getting read to me about, I guess I would say, uh, I've been getting a lot of perspectives on these gears. So I'm not sure what order you would want to go into, but can you go over some of the gears and explain what they're all about and what they mean to people?
1: Yeah, I'll actually uh, start with reverse all right. first. And that's a good one to start with because a lot of people are actually missing a reverse gear. And mm. the way that they describe it in the book is imagine a car it doesn't have reverse. Mm -hmm. And basically that's the ability to not back up and say, oops, I messed up on that. That's my fault. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so many times people struggle with that. And I struggled with it for the longest time. Um, I've been guilty. I've had a car that didn't have reverse. And at the same time, I couldn't (laughs) admit to mistakes. And we're so quick to point a finger at somebody else or to say, you know, yes, I messed up. But, you know, Joe also, you know, he didn't, he's a little bit more guilty than I am. So even when we do admit it, we tend to still kind of pass the blame to to others, but uh, the book describes you're either responsive or you're resistant. And I, I like to think of it that way, as opposed to you just don't have a reverse at all. And you're either going to point the finger, deflect the blame to somebody else, or you're going to own up to it and say, yes, I made a mistake. That one falls on me. And, I love teaching it because I ask people, I I say, think of a time, you know, it could either be last night or it could be, you know, a year ago or what have you, but think of a time, especially with like a significant other Mm -hmm. when you've gotten in an argument with them and you know, you're wrong, you know, you're wrong. And they've almost caught you in that, that mistake or that mess up or whatever. And you still don't back down. You still Mm -hmm. are like holding your ground firm And I'm like, what do you get from that? And the number one answer is always pride. Mm -hmm. I have pride. I'm like, okay, but what does pride get you at the end of the day? Does it get you a medal? Do you bonus up? Like, what what do you get from it? I said, because to me, pride gets me a night on the couch or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, resentment the next day. And they they really hear it. They hear hear themselves talk about it. And they're like, pride really does get you nothing. Um, It doesn't, especially in those situations. So Uh, It it makes them realize that you need to be more responsive. Uh, And then it says a lot more about people's character as well. Mm -hmm. Resistant people, people view them a certain way, but, and, uh, and it's infectious, especially as a leader, if you're resistant people around you are going to see it and and duplicate it, but being able to say, Hey, I messed up. um, And I found that out from one of my first classes uh, increases influence. And Mm I, I, went into one of my very first classes I ever taught and I messed up on something really important. I gave them the wrong information and I could have gone up and been resistant and said it was the barn center or it was my trainer because they weren't in the room with me. I could have easily deflected the blame, but I said, Hey, you know what y'all I messed up. Um, mm-hmm. That's on me. I gave you all the wrong information. I apologize. The correct answer is this. And then in my feedback at the end of the course, uh, and this was as a brand new instructor, they were mm-hmm. like, yeah, we uh, we bought into you a lot more when we knew that if you messed up, you would own up to it. Yeah. And you wouldn't try to gloss over it and act like it never happened. Um, so from that point forward, I've had no problem saying, hey, I'm wrong. And even if my wife and I uh, start getting into a little squabble, I'll stop mm-hmm. and I'll go like, let's stop. I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong. And she'll still try to let me know as well as, as <laughs> me admitting it. But I usually just, just you know, put that pride aside and say, I know, I I deserve that. Yes, Um, um, I messed up yeah
0: there I mean there's rarely an occasion where two people are going to blow up on each other where they both didn't contribute something to it right I mean like yeah. to to just say that yeah it's definitely a hundred percent the other person and what you brought up about the um the character thing it's it's such a big deal, especially in the leadership um, positions because um I've been dealing with um a certain work center that you can tell from the leadership at the highest level down they don't take accountability for when they make mistakes or what they do not know or their lack of competence or mastery in their craft. So what happens is when the highest person is willing to do that, it doesn't matter if you're new because you now you're coming into a culture and you might be grinding really hard. It just seems like everybody started conforming to that same culture of well this is the reason why we can't do this everybody you know they're not giving us the resources to do it um covid also messed us up you know i mean it's like every circumstance or thing that explains why we can't do it and what that leads to is everybody who has to rely on that organization does not trust them right it does Mm -hmm. not trust that what they're going to do is right and it's just terrible it's just terrible they've lost complete
1: credibility feel like they're keeping stuff from them. They feel like they're not getting the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, You're right. It it does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's the big uh, thing about reverse is being, you know, being responsive or resistant. Is that right? Yeah. Just asking yourself, which one am I? Am I resistant or responsive? And then also when you, you know, kind of that, that Ebenezer Scrooge moment, take that out of body experience, see how you act and how you impact everybody else. And, uh, When you are resistant, how do others react to you? How do others see you? And then when you're responsive, how do they react to you? How do they see you? And you're going to get a more positive answer every time you have that responsive gear installed in your car as opposed to the resistant one. Yeah.
0: So what do you think um, causes people to have that, that resistance, you know, uh, that persona of being resistant or the characteristic and then, you know, lacking that, that reverse the way they should have?
1: I think it's how people are going to perceive them. Hmm. And and we all hate to, you know, seem like we we don't know something or that we've made a mistake, even though like I've learned to embrace failure. Hmm. Um, Yeah, it's it's one thing that I I used to be afraid to admit to to someone like, hey, I don't know the answer to that or oops, I messed up because people are going to perceive me a certain way. But Uh, I think that has a lot to do with just perception. Yeah, I think so too. And there's definitely some of that because
0: some people are, when they're resistant, they're super defensive about everything. And then you're like, well, I just asked you a question. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't trying to accuse you of anything. They get super defensive and it's like, I just ask to who protect. put it there. Right. Right. Or, Hey, why do you guys do it this way? And it's like, cause that's, that's doctrine. That's how we always do it. Like, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> let's, 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 let's dig into that a little bit more and find out why it's that way. So. Um, yeah, because I, I found out, like what you're saying, those people that are resistant, they have a hard time finding a way to get to yes. You know, they're always yeah. looking for the no first. And I'm not saying we should always find yes, right? It's not the yes, might be the wrong answer sometimes, but it's like they're incapable of even going that route because everything's mm-hmm. default, though, always, right? And that's not good for relationships whatsoever.
1: Yeah, or, or any business. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> any business, because yeah. not only, I mean, you could stick up any AFI, any regulation or whatever it might be. You could, if you look hard enough, you could find a way to say no to almost anything. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's everything's there. The bureaucracy is there. You can find ways to say no, but the people who are able to creatively find yes when yes is appropriate, those are the people that make it a lot further.
1: Yeah. Just being, being in that resistance, it breeds complacency and mm-hmm. um, you start falling behind. And especially yeah. the way society moves now. And it's just mm-hmm. so fast paced. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be able to admit. That's why I like uh, Shark Tank. You know, like I'll watch Shark Tank and you have people yeah. that come in there and, and they get grilled and they have to admit to all their mistakes and everything they've mm-hmm. done wrong. And if you yeah. ever watch a Shark Tank episode yeah. and you see that someone has a resistant gear as opposed to a responsive, they get eaten up. Mm-hmm. And Mark Cuban and them will be sitting there and they're like, I don't trust you. I don't, I don't, something about you doesn't feel right. Right. And that's the same feeling we get from people that are in resistant mode is it's like, you may be telling me what I want to hear right now, but I I'm not going to buy a car from you. I don't trust you. Right. Um, So I think it goes a long way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There was another example I had recently. I was reading over, um, some uh, administrative, uh, actually someone got uh, was served a, um, a letter of reprimand that was attached to some other uh, NJP and I was reading through it. And when I read through the letter of reprimand, the person did something pretty heinous. <laughs> they deserved it, right? They definitely deserved it. And then you go read the rebuttal and the rebuttal reads something to the effect of, yes, I accept what I did was wrong, but, right? It gots the but." And um the culture that I'm normally associated with where I work at my home station, um, this is acceptable. So that's kind of why I found this to be acceptable. I was like, you don't own it at all. <laughs> you know, I read that you didn't own what you did was wrong at all.
1: You blame 40 other people now. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it was just it was interesting and it definitely drove a little bit more about my uh how I responded to that as well because of course they were asking for something. It's so a way to review some stuff. And then you look at it it's like, all right, that's a deny. <laughs> that's definitely a deny. But
1: Yeah, just saying I'm wrong.
0: Yeah. There's so much power in that. Just owning it, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So that's reverse. All right. So yeah. so what else we got? What's the next gear?
1: So next one is uh is fifth gear. Okay. And fifth gear, that is straight up focus mode. That is the the moment where you don't want anybody talking to you. You are focused on one thing and somebody can come in and, and say to you, gosh, I hate you. And you go like, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Um, that's <laughs> great. Let me, let me send this email off. You're not paying attention to, to anyone. Mm-hmm. And my wife brought up a very good point because I, even for reading the book, I'd always <laughs> thought of fifth gear as I'm typing an email. I have to get this EPR sent off. I've got to do something almost like you shut your door. You don't want someone to distract you. But yeah. my wife said, if you look at us, like all of us in society, mm-hmm. we do it driving down the road when we're on our phone, mm-hmm. then someone's talking to us. And then later on, they'll ask you to repeat something back. And you're like, Hey, I, what do you mean? You didn't hear me say that. I told you that in the car, mm-hmm. but you were on your phone. You were so focused on your phone mm-hmm. and what you were watching or what you were reading that you weren't listening to anything around you. Right. Um, and we do it too when we're, we're driving down the road. I, I Class I taught the other day, I said, what happens when you get lost? Mm-hmm. You turn your music off. Mm-hmm. You tell everybody in the car, like, shut up. I got to figure out where I'm going here. And you get in, you go straight to fifth gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the danger of fifth gear is whether you're typing an email, whether you're trying to watch something on your phone, or whether you're lost in traffic, we kind of become a jerk mm-hmm. if we're not aware of it. And we tend to snap at people. We're a little bit more tense. And um, with that one, communication and connectivity can struggle the most. Mm -hmm. Because if you're in a work center and somebody comes in to talk to you and you just shut them down because you're not paying attention or you kind of snap at them, Mm -hmm. they don't know how to act around you. They don't know when's the appropriate time to come back. They don't know, um, you know, gosh, I'm afraid to even go in there to ask them if I can leave early today because I just got snapped at two seconds ago. Mm-hmm. So, fifth gear is all about uh, yes, there are going to be times in your day where you have to just go straight into focus mode, but you need to communicate with your team, those that work around you, or those that live with you, hey, I'm going to be focused on something for a second uh, because it, it could really hinder communication within a work center. So we've actually got it in our schoolhouse now. Um, my commandant and I he's he's read five gears. He's he's really, you know, liking the the sign language that they teach you Mm -hmm. to where if he'll be teaching a class and you know he can hold up five fingers and I'm like, got it. And I know that means he'll come find me when he's finished teaching.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't need to seek him out anymore. And um, but yeah, because you can miss opportunities. You can miss opportunities. Yeah. You can tarnish relationships. And uh, I'll, I'll tell my wife, I'm like, hey, I'm sending this one email off real quick. And I promise you, I will be done with my computer for the night. I'm done. I'll, I'll pay attention to what you had to say. Just let me send this off real fast. Right. And she gets it. So I think yeah. it's just we, we tend to not communicate that with people we work with. And it creates that walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And then, if you are going to do that with your spouse, like you mentioned, you got to be like, "All right, this is the last email. I'm going to do it." Then actually, that be the last email, yes. right? <laughs> Not just be dragging it out a little bit longer, like we can often do. Uh, and, and so, let me ask you this: because the sign language that's in the book, you know, people putting up their number five, saying they're in fifth gear. You think that would work in your house? I'm just wondering.
1: <laughs> so it's actually it's so it's funny you asked me that because. My wife, and, and we'll talk about it when we get to fourth and, and second gear and stuff, but my wife asked me, she said, hey, are you going to, sh- I should have never taught her five years to begin with, yeah. because now we, we actually do use it around here, but she'll yeah. say, hey, when I get home tonight, are you going to be in fourth gear or are you going to be in mm. second gear with us? Yeah. And to me, that did not hurt as much as if she would have said, hey, when, we, when I get home tonight, are you going to be working on stuff all night long or are you actually going to spend time with us yeah. that would have caused me to go into resistant mode yeah and we would have probably had an argument but the fact she used the the language on me yeah it didn't hurt as much and yeah. uh, uh my commandant said his wife did the same thing and he was like yeah. wow that actually sounded so much better than oh my gosh you're a jerk when you're in fifth yeah. gear um yeah. Just- so yeah we actually use it around here
0: so this is what I want you to do, just an experiment for me, because I'm not going to try this. It's get me trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when your wife comes home next time and she has something really important to tell you, do what the book tells you. Just throw up the number five. <laughs> just that the
1: sign language and I'll see how like that goes over. I'll do like the rock, over. though. I'll just put my hand in her face. <laughs>
0: see how that goes over and then just report back to me. Cause I want to see how that effective that would be before I try anything like that.
1: It's the last <laughs> time I'm allowed to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but
0: the yeah. big big
1: thing about fifth gear is to ask yourself, what am I like when I'm in fifth gear? Mm-hmm. Because, um, there, there, so there was a, a cadre member that was across the hallway from me that, you know, of from, from my time at ALS yeah. and he would get in fifth gear and I would go in there and like, I would want to talk. I would want to, uh, you know, joke around or do whatever. And he would be so focused and it's almost like I would intentionally poke him and get him irked. And I'd be like, man, he gets, he turns into such a jerk when he starts (laughs) sending emails out or when he decides he wants to really work. But then when he would come across the hallway to my office and do the exact same thing in my head, I'm like, Oh, he's aggravating me so much right now. (laughs) Um, But we would do that to each other Mm -hmm. to where, if we just would have communicated with each other, like, Hey, I'm in fifth gear. I just got to give me 20 minutes. And I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, but we wouldn't say that. And that could have gone so much better if we would have just communicated it properly. Because I know when he came in my office and I was working on something, I was a jerk. I know I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I see that now, but it's after the fact. Um, So I'm a lot more aware of it now to where, oh, I have, I have 10 minutes to get this email off that was due 20 minutes ago. Right. Um, it's just all about communication.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think a big part of it is the timing, right? So um, for me, fifth gear is very useful. Just like, I kind of liken it to like emotions, right? Like people like look at anger as a bad thing and everything else, but if you use it at the right time, it could be extremely Perfect. effective, right? And And when I think about it, like fifth gear, I already have an expectation that I'm not going to be able to get into fifth gear very often because chief got a minute starts at seven o'clock, you know, whatever time I get in office. So I know that fifth gear isn't going to come very often, but I block out my calendar admin time during certain times where I really try to um, get in fifth gear then, but even some other times where I'm not advocating that people need to work on their weekends or whatever, but it just works for me on a Saturday morning before anybody's awake you know, yes. or whatever else, or before, um, you know, your plans start for the day, an hour or two, knocking out a couple of those things. I get more in that fifth gear, more done in that one or two hours of fifth gear than I would trying to fit that in the whole week when people are coming in to talk to me, right? Because my job is to talk to people and help people out. So, um, so those are things too, because fifth gear could be good.
1: It's just where it could be bad. <laughs> it's how you use it, right? Yeah. From what you're saying, it sounds like you get in third gear a lot. You're required to be in third yeah. mm-hmm. and third and fourth. Right. And you're right. You're absolutely right. Cause that's one of the things that uh, they wrote in the book was it set some time aside for mm-hmm. fifth gear mm-hmm. each day. Um, you know, every a couple of days, but have some time set aside to be in fifth gear to really get mm-hmm. stuff done. And I know for me uh, teaching at home, my wife gets home around 4:30, So mm-hmm. I know three o'clock to four o'clock, anything mm. I have not got accomplished during the day that absolutely needs to get done. That is no kidding. Fifth right. year. I'm I actually put my phone in a different room mm-hmm. because of that addiction of having to check the phone. Right. And I eliminate any distractions. Right. I communicate with my girls. Hey, yeah. if y'all need me, just, just hold off unless the house mm. is burning down uh, from three to four. This is my time to mm-hmm. just get stuff done and usually you get so much uh tasks knocked out you're so productive in mm-hmm. that time but yeah. you have to be careful because one little text one little mm-hmm. ring yeah. of the phone or a knock on the door and all of a sudden it's i'm out of fifth gear i'm back in fourth and third right and then to get right back into fifth gear it takes time right to get back hard. into the mode yeah yeah it's because it's you really have to sit down and just go like Okay. Even something Mm. like getting up, like, oh, I forgot. I need a highlighter. Right. You can get distracted and start doing something else. So it's really hard to get in that focus mode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And you know, other thing I think about when I think about fifth gear is that some of us are in career fields where we thrived and did really well and were maybe even promoted because we were effective at being in fifth gear all the way up Mm -hmm. to a certain point. And then when we're no longer technicians and we're more managers, overseers, and leaders, we can't live in that fifth gear all the time because mm. now we got these things, you know, these things called people that we have to lead, right? And you have to deal with um, a lot of the issues that come with them and and nurturing them and giving them that, you know, that that attention that they need as a leader. And then it's, it's sometimes it's hard for people to adapt
1: to that because they're like, okay, yes. no,
0: fifth gear was all, they got me to where I'm at. It was like, well, what got you
1: here won't keep you here. Someone can come in and you can just, get so frustrated because you're trying to be in fifth gear and yeah. you can just do yeah. something as simple as right yes and that little sigh has like, turned somebody off okay, and they yeah. are going to shut down automatically yeah, i don't want to talk to you now geez <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's that's fifth gear uh fourth gear is the next one and, and fourth gear is the one where we spend 85 percent of our time mm. That is task mode. That's multitasking, working on something. And the danger of fourth gear is we wake up, we check our phone, we check our emails, or we run late. We're running late. Mm-hmm. Automatically start your day in fourth gear. You automatically right. start, let me, let me check this email. Let me send this off real quick. And that really sets the tone for your day. Right. And we've had those days where we're running late. Mm -hmm. We wake up in fourth gear and we're like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't wake up when I want to." Now I've got to rush out the door. And I ask people, "I'm like, when you reach around two o'clock, three o'clock in your day, how's your day gone so far?" Mm -hmm. When you start off like that, they're like, "It's constant catch up. It's snowball effect all the way through, and it's because you did not start your day the way you wanted to."
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And um, fourth gear, you know, task mode—that is, uh, it's good to in. When, when I go through all of them, I talk about how you're supposed to shift up all the way into right. your day. But when you get to eight o'clock in the after or in the morning, eight thirty, that's when you need to say, okay, it's time to start knocking some stuff out. Mm-hmm. You start checking things off lists. A lot of us have lists that we bullet journaling, right. Checklist, getting those dopamines, checking yeah. things off. Yeah. Um, I might but, be familiar with those lists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, you're, uh, you're checking things off and, uh, the the way I look at fourth gear is, and they they describe it in the book this way too. If you go to a football game, mm-hmm. um, you and I are both Arizona Cardinal fans. So we'll negative, negative, no, so, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's so, no
0: such a thing as a
1: real Arizona fan. They're no, transients. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I'm probably the exception, but anyway,
0: <laughs>
1: But no, if you go, so if I go if I go to a Seahawks Cardinals game and I get there an hour early. Uh they don't just run out onto the field and kick the ball off and start tackling each other. They don't go straight to fourth gear. They get out there and they stretch. They walk around talking to each other. Um, They loosen up. They come out the tunnel. They kind of strategize a little bit and then they go out and they actually start with fourth gear. And our days are that way too. If we start off and it's just like work from the get go or, right. The end of the day, I have a problem with being in fourth gear at the end of the day to where I'll sit down and um, I'm like, okay, let me knock out a couple more emails. Let me finish up my podcast. And I look over and my wife's falling asleep. Everybody's asleep. And I'm like, nice. I get more fourth gear time. Um, But yeah, it's just constantly doing stuff, checking things off, trying to play catch up. Yeah. I think it's funny. The book actually talks about, I think,
0: an example of trying to start your car in fourth gear in the garage. And I was like, yes. Yeah. I was like, you know, and it was like, you can't do it. And the book says you can't do that. I was like, challenge accepted. I think I can. <laughs> I totally think I could do that.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it though. <laughs> nope. I'm not. I was like, I'm not going to do it with my car. This
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, rental <laughs> rentals only.
1: <laughs> oh, and but it did say too, that you have to be careful because we and I think a lot of people overlook this and they get to work and they have work fourth gear uh-huh. and they're knocking everything off their list and mm-hmm. they shut their book at the end of the day and they're like, all right, time to go home. But you go from a work to a domestic fourth gear, right? You get home and it's dinner, dishes, give the yeah. kids a bath, feed mm-hmm. the dogs, right. fold laundry, mm-hmm. vacuum, do all this stuff, and then you're actually harder to be around because you're in your second wave of fourth gear to where you're stressed out. And you'll say Mm -hmm. stuff like, Oh, I just want to sit on the couch. I've been working all day Mm -hmm. Uh, and really stressed out. And then it ultimately impacts those around you, your family. Um, and, And if these gears aren't used, they're kind of the ones that get the brunt of things more times than not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely
1: yeah and i think like you
0: said like if you're in that mode where maybe you're between three and four you've already knocked out a bunch of other stuff and you know you know your family's not coming home till 4 or 30 and you know there's a bunch of chores you gotta do getting that fifth gear and knock them all out real quick before they get home and maybe start 30 minutes to relax for a minute yeah
1: just, yeah we, we can have a healthier fourth gear if we shift the fifth and just set mm-hmm. that time like you said right have that time set in your schedule to where all right, I've been getting this stuff knocked out, but I really need to focus now and right. mm-hmm. knock out a little bit more. And then I can start downshifting and rest easier. Because if you still have tasks, like you're, I think it said your mind is like a computer and yeah. you're opening files all day long. Right. And if certain files are still open. Yeah. It's like when you go to shut down your computer, yeah. it says, are you sure you want to shut down? You have 14 documents still open. <laughs> That's the same way when we go to sleep. You try right. to go to sleep. Uh, and your mind is like are you sure you want to go to sleep because yeah. you have that big tasking you right. do tomorrow morning yeah. that you haven't done and yeah. it impacts how we how we rest
0: yeah it's like that meme where all the windows open and you hear the music playing you don't know where it's coming from right <laughs> yep all that exactly <laughs> right. yeah so when i think of fourth gear like you know it's, the, it's like a it's multitasking but there's not real multitasking it's task switching right and just like we talked about with fifth gear if you step out every time you have to adjust to a new thing whatever a task you have to reorient yourself to the task and then yes. if you shift again you got to reorient and you and you really underestimate how much time that is and if you would have just stuck on that one thing that you oriented yourself to knock it out and then shift you know you're going to knock out more stuff instead of having 17 things that are half done you'll get at least six seven things done done right
1: yep i'm glad you said that because there's a, there's studies out there that Humans cannot multitask. Like multitask right. is not a like real word. Mm-hmm. You you right. do partial here, partial there. Mm-hmm. Um, we think we're multitasking, but right. we're taking away one of those tasks right. by doing something else. Right. Yeah. That's why I try to use the word task
0: switching more because that's really what you're doing. You're switching tasks really fast and you're constantly like reorienting. So yeah, like I said, a lot of people don't realize how much time they're wasting in between because your brain doesn't just shift and be like, I remember exactly where I was on this task a second ago. Right. Just think about when you're reading a book, you gotta be like, where did I leave off at? (laughs) Yeah. Doing that everything. Right. Same page. You're like, what word was I at? Now you gotta read the whole paragraph again.
1: Right. So yeah. Yep. Then then you're like, oh, I was right here. (laughs) Yeah. I I just
0: wasted about 20 minutes reading what I already read right
1: (laughs) yeah for sure so awesome yeah that's that's fourth Mm -hmm. Uh, third gear third gear is social mode and third gear is uh, you know engage listen and learn and the you know the schoolhouse that I work at now we have this thing where we, we we did it yesterday in fact we log on for like our morning meetings and our commandant is like hey I don't want to hear anything about work. I just want to hear about your personal lives. Let's just Mm -hmm. talk about our personal lives. And we get on there and we just joke and we connect. And uh, we learn a little, we always learn something new about somebody on there every time we do this. And we've been working together for, you know, a year and a half. At least I have. And when someone even like utters something to do with work, he'll just be like, Hey, Hey, I'm, I'm going to mute you. We're not talking about work right now. Um, we'll talk about that next week, yeah. but with a uh, third gear, it's, it's all about connecting with people that work for you. And especially it's important as a leader or as a parent or as a spouse, because we love to talk about art day. Mm-hmm. And this is something I've learned to get better at, mm-hmm. but I had to learn to be uh, interested as mm-hmm. opposed to being interesting Mm-hmm. And when someone comes to talk to me, especially at EPMIC, mm-hmm. they they can read my bio hanging outside my office or they can ask me questions of it, but I need to learn about them mm-hmm. more so than them hearing stories about me. So um, when you have someone that works for you and you're not getting the productivity out of them that you want to, uh, you got to find certain interests. And uh, Jeremy Kubitschek talked about how the, the the guy that he thought I don't know if you've read that part or heard that part yet in there where he thought the guy collected stamps and like wallpaper samples and didn't get anything out of this guy. And he takes him to a pro wrestling event. Right. And the guy really like, he, he sees this whole other side to this person. And he's like, I have something I can connect with him now. Mm -hmm. Um, And and now that increases his influence. And um, a lot of times we don't take time. Because we're some careers, it's like you know what we're too busy. I don't have time for third gear to get to know people. Right. Um. We're we're so fourth fifth gear. Right. But you you hinder your influence with them.
0: Right.
1: Right. It's so important to have that because um you do third gear right and your influence is just going to climb significantly. Yeah. Yeah, Third gear is leadership business for sure. I mean, if you don't know. Yeah, if
0: you don't know the things about people, what you have in common with them and, and are able to relate to them. Um, yeah, I, I value third gear quite a bit. And that's why sometimes those um, those get togethers or those dinners with your team, you know, all that. I mean, it's it's invaluable. And for people to say, that you know, they can't afford the time to do that. I mean, they can't afford not to if you're a leader. You know, you yep. really can't. You just make time. Me. Yeah, absolutely. You got to make the time. You know, and and I say this all the time, man. We make the time for what's important to us, and we got to identify how. That. Really, really understand that that's got to be important to you. That that third gear.
1: Yeah, my my comment on it, Um, you know, her and I when I first got there, probably for the first, I don't know, five six months, it was it was fourth fifth gear, mm-hmm. and it was work. It was it was you know doing that, and it wasn't until. Uh, one afternoon we were, we had a down class, but I sat in her office and talked to her and we were, I went in there to talk about something fourth year mm-hmm. and we, we started talking about something third gear, and she got to know a side of me and I got to know a side of her, mm-hmm. uh, some experiences that we've been through in life. And after that, I felt more of a connection with her mm-hmm. and to where she could ask me to do something. And I wasn't as tentative about doing it. It was, right. it, it's almost like that personal power versus positional power. Someone right. has personal power. Mm-hmm. You'll do anything for them. Uh, right. That's exactly how it was. And um, you know, that, that really helped the schoolhouse as a whole right? Um, by having that.
0: Yeah. It creates a weird uneasiness because, you know, we as social beings, I don't care if you're super introverted or extroverted, you want to have that connection with the people that you work with and, yeah. and, and some validation and some affirmation from them too. And I know, um, for instance i've worked for some commanders that maybe we were super busy when i first came on board or they first came on board and we never made that connection right you know we didn't make the connection right away cuz we just didn't take the time so for the first two or three weeks everybody's kind of having a little bit of anxiety and walking on eggshells cuz you don't know like who is this person still or you know whether it's yep. me and them and them or me you know we're thinking about it and then when we finally sit down and just talk about this random stuff that's not work related suddenly um everything just starts going faster the speed of trust you know we're talking about
1: when, when there's trust everything moves faster absolutely true that's why I think the the initial midterm the feedback forms mm-hmm. yeah I'm a big fan of them because it, mm-hmm. it kind of requires you to kind of get into that third gear and find out what are their goals what are right. the things they want to achieve right if it's done right yeah yeah done right is very important not just checking a block
0: you're actually taking the time to do it and um, and that's one of my favorite leadership. Qualities, to me, um, leadership trait is curiosity. I think it's very important for leaders to be curious, genuinely curious about processes that their folks are doing, about them in general, and asking questions out of genuine curiosity. You can learn so much about your team. So yeah. it's very and, and, and
1: mm-hmm. Even with, uh, you know, in relationships as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife, she was never a, a football fan or a basketball mm-hmm. fan, but she knows when I start watching sports, Mm-hmm. That's she starts watching and following the same teams as me because she knows that's something I'm passionate about, yeah she watches The Bachelorette and all that stuff. I have to sit there and watch that with her, yeah. because that's something she likes watching um even though I don't know. I, I, yeah I don't, I don't know get into it but
0: I don't know sure who yeah sure you don't but <laughs> i
1: don't I don't know who's taking a hit
0: in that her having to watch. The, the Cardinals or, or are you watching the Bachelorette? It's, it's, it's about. Oh, it's yeah. definitely. Well, it's
1: the Bachelor. It's the Bachelorette. It's Bachelor in Paradise. It's all that stuff. So Dancing with the Stars, stuff I really don't want to watch. But, uh, but no, it's, yeah, yeah. but even your kids, your kids come to you and they tell you something and you're like, I have no idea what they're talking about, why this is important mm-hmm. to them, but it's right. important to them. Right? right. And that way it becomes important to you. And when you have eight different, airman that you're rating on. You need to find, you can't just say, Oh, he he likes dungeons and dragons. Oh, get out of here. You have to find some kind of interest. And, uh, there there was a leader I was talking to that that you and I both know. And he said that he had a, um, guy that worked for him and he couldn't connect with the guy, but the guy played video games. So he went out and bought a video (laughs) game that this guy played Hmm. and he learned how to play it. And after that, his influence increased so much because that guy was like, wow, He's taking time to find value in my interest. Yeah. Um, this is a good leader he'll and yeah. yeah, I'll do whatever he needs me to do, yeah. And that's, that's a good point.
0: I mean, we've got to stop focusing on whether or not we care about that thing or whatever it might be and care about whether or not we care about the person, the relationship that we're trying to build. Um, if you look at it from that angle, you can, I mean, we can do anything, you know, we'll get yeah. into anything. And, you know, there's very few people on the planet where you, if you talk to them long enough and really genuinely try to get to know them out of curiosity, you're not going to find something you can have in common with them. I mean, we're people, right? Something's there. Yeah, there's got to be something, right? You might have to look deep and deep underneath and find something that
1: you're very weird about too,
0: <laughs> you might find, but you know, if you're being vulnerable, you'll find something
1: absolutely, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much third gear. And oh, and third, one more thing about third gear that I just thought mm-hmm. of when you have those gatherings and go out, uh, two big things to think about phones can be a distractor mm-hmm. because you're not allowed to be present and connect with that person, yeah. and then also can't talk about work, it's mm-hmm. got to be. Let's go have lunch. But if you're at lunch and you're still talking about work, then you're still in fourth gear. Yeah. So it's let's have lunch. Let's have an outing. But yeah. let's not talk about anything work. That can wait till we get back into our work center. Right now, we are playing cornhole, having barbecue, and we're just enjoying each other's company. Right.
0: Right. And I think that's where the power of food comes in, man. I'm telling you what. Yes. Like, yeah, we as humans, we break some bread and we can start you know, talking about all kinds of wild stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you go back and you have a better relationship when you're working together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could even dislike somebody. Yeah. I remember uh, the episode, what uh, Ryan Kruzanik, uh when chief Krizonik was on and we were talking about stuff and he was like, literally he had people that wanted to be at each other's throat. He's like, y'all come into my house and we're going to have some pasta. Right. <laughs> and everybody came over and they started getting to know each other a little bit better. And suddenly the work, you know, they're probably not overnight, but you know, power of breaking better. bread yeah, together. Yeah, absolutely. that That's like third gear.
1: Yeah. Well, second gear is uh, the next one. That's connecting. That's Mm -hmm. connection mode. And that is, uh, you know, basically being present with those like closest to you. So Mm -hmm. like family members. And for me, you could probably relate to this too. You know, for me being in Germany for six years, Europeans, they got second gear down to a T. Mm -hmm. They get off work, they come home. And they are in straight up second gear. They are connecting with family members. Mm -hmm. They go out to eat dinner and they don't want a menu for the longest time. They just want Mm to drink. And then, yeah, if their food takes a long time, they get it. Mm -hmm. They're getting a good meal. They're going to enjoy each other's company and they don't even ask for the check, right? You know, us as Americans, we we go to Cracker Barrel and they we're finishing our food and we're like, where's the, I need my check. Where's my, I need to get out of here. I need to go home and, and watch whatever I got on DVR. Mm-hmm. But we are so go, go, go. We're a fourth gear society mm-hmm. from the minute we wake up to the minute we go to bed. But Europeans, when they're done with work, they are, they, they do it properly. They shift all the way down to second, mm-hmm. the present with the people in front of them. Um, they don't have the the distractions of the phones out everywhere. And we, we've we kind of brought that to, into our house to where when we're having dinner as a family, mm-hmm. I'm telling uh, my girls. I'm like, I just say, be present. We're being present right now, and they yeah. know that means, okay, put my phone down. And they hated it at first, yeah. but then we start talking and joking about something, and they don't even r- realize that they don't need their phone. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, vacation times are amazing second gear moments. And uh, uh, Jeremy Kubicek talks about how. Um, well, I believe it was Steve Cochran. I could be wrong, but one of them had went on a, on a cruise mm-hmm. and when they got on the cruise, they, they were like, oh, I need to get that data plan. I got to send so many emails off. And they went to the counter and they found out, um, I don't know if you've been on a, on a cruise, but yep. for, you know, like a minute, it's like eight bucks yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Oh, not doing that. No. Yeah. Yeah. And his wife put their phones in a safe and was like, mm-hmm. we're going to actually be present with each other throughout the duration of this trip. They're like, what? And, yeah, they're like, oh, you mean we, we did that when we went on a cruise. My kids were like, we have to talk to each other. Yeah. And, uh, but when the the vacation's over with, those trips, yeah, my family, their family in the book said the mm-hmm. same thing. Oh, that, you look back, you're like, that's the best, best vacation we ever had. Yeah, Because we were present in the moments with each other. Right. We were in each other's presence. We were aware of what one another was doing. We were having genuine conversations with one another Uh, and uh it's sad because my wife also mimicked the same thing that uh his wife mimicked and it was ah back to the real world now yeah and it's sad because basically what we're saying is second gear is fun but we're going to be forced back into fourth gear yeah uh, as soon as we grab our luggage and and head back to the car Mm mm-hmm yeah, something about cruises too, man. There's like a weird line right
0: where all the magic just ends, and then you're back in that area getting all your luggage, and it's just like you know, crappy warehouse in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like what just happened? That was a clear line. It went from from happiness to just chaos and <laughs> and it really was, is. Yeah.
1: it is tough, even when you're all like about to get off the boat and you're yeah. just all crowded. It's like. Yeah. Oh, like, this is not uh, fun anymore.
0: Yeah, I've been on a couple of Disney cruises and you're like, all
1: right, yeah, the magic is over. <laughs> magic by, is by over. Goofy. See, yeah, I, yeah,
0: see. <laughs> so but they, they
1: also said too, you know, uh, connection connection comes through the ears, not through mm, the mouth. Mm, yeah. And I, I like that. And um, the, the, my, my biggest takeaway from second year that really opened my eyes to how, I live my life as uh, a father and as a um, husband is, and this is something really powerful. They kind of allude to it, but I kind of added and kind of made it my own, but does everybody else get the main entree and your family gets leftovers? Right. And if right. you think about it, we're in, we're in fourth gear, third gear with our coworkers. Sometimes we we laugh and joke around and we're more present with our coworkers than we are our actual family. We get home right. and we go right back to forth, So it really makes you evaluate, like, how am I at home? How much, Mm -hmm. if you were to add up the time of phone, Mm -hmm. uh, work and then being present with family, right. More than likely there's an imbalance with, uh, with where your family's at on there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We, um, we talk about active, constructive responding when we're talking about resilience training and like how, you know, your, your coworker might bring to you some great news. Like, Hey, I just got a new puppy or I got whatever. And, you know, you might not even care about the puppy, but you're like, Oh, that's pretty awesome. And you respond in a way you ask them some questions about it and you kind of enjoy it with them and let them enjoy it. You go home and you know, your, your kid or your significant other, or other family member, they, they bring you this cool thing. Like, Hey, I got, I got this new motorcycle. Oh, cool. Nice. You know and that's it. Nice. Yeah. Right. And that's it. And then like they just get what's left over after you've, you know, used all of your all of your active constructor responding at work. And it's just not fair to the people you care about, you know, that you're complacent with them.
1: It's like asking your kids, uh, you know, one thing I really had to change in me was I would come home and I'd say, Becton, how was school today? Good. Okay. Bye. <laughs> but now it's what did you do at school today? Mm-hmm. Like, tell me, tell me. More. Mm-hmm. I know that's not all you did was have lunch. and right. do Math. Tell me more about your day mm-hmm. and just really being interested. Right. And, in, you know, taking a little bit of that third year, be interested right. as opposed to being interesting. And it right. goes a long way with kids. It goes a long way with with significant others. Mm-hmm. Um, it really helps out.
0: Well, you're, yeah. And you're teaching your kids and everybody else. I mean, you could set the example for everybody. That's the best way to lead, right? Whether that's behaviors or cultures or anything like if you do that effectively with the people that you love, that's going to make them, you know, that's, that's going to help them learn how to do that effectively with their future relationships and other people they know. So it's pretty important. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. cool. Yeah, that's a, so. uh,
1: that's second gear. Well, what we got left finally it's first gear. The yeah. first gear is recharging mode, which mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. also struggle with. They tend yeah. to struggle. And uh, I, I always ask when I teach it, you know, like, Hey, what, what do y'all do to recharge? Mm-hmm. And people will say, well, I'm doing this or this or this or this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, that's, that's crashing. That's not recharging. Right. And not just, you know, looking at our bodies as you know, that, that transmission, but also like as a, as a cell phone, mm-hmm. when you get home, More than likely, depending on your day, you're in low battery mode, you're in 20% Mm -hmm. and you need to get recharged. And first thing I ask people is when you get there, how are you to deal with when you're in low battery mode? Mm -hmm. Are you difficult? You get a little bit more snappy. (laughs) Think about like that vacation or that trip you take somewhere and then Mm -hmm. you've been out and about all day long and then. Come eight o'clock, nine o'clock, you start getting snappy about little things mm-hmm. and uh, things start bugging you a little bit more. It's because you're in, in low battery mode right. and you need to be recharged. And this one's all about rest. It's all about what do you do to rest? What do you do to to start your day and end your day, to bookend your day with things? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I found it really interesting from reading it that introverts and extroverts, and you know, my wife's an introvert. I'm an extrovert we recharge differently. Right. Absolutely. And we've, for the longest time, I'm like, how is she not, you know, recharging the same way I am? Well, it's because for her as an introvert, she is like an internal battery source. She has to recharge from within. She has to do something that um, she doesn't need interaction with other people. She needs to read something. She needs to watch a show. She needs to have alone time. Mm-hmm. And for longest time, I'm like, what did she wants to be alone? Am I doing something wrong? No, she right. just needs to recharge. Right. Me as an extrovert, mm-hmm. I get my energy and recharging from, I'm like a solar panel. So mm-hmm. I get mine from other sources, messaging people, mm-hmm. um, you know, communicate, gaming, gaming yeah. with other people from um, introverts. <laughs> for, yeah, exactly. From, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm calm squadron. So yeah, yeah. But, uh, reading, exercise, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that's how we recharge. So I can sit there on my phone and I'm recharging, just kind of checking mm-hmm. some messages and doing things. Right. And then, I, but I'm not as engaged in it. I can drop it at a moment's notice, mm-hmm. but her, she'll, she just wants to relax. Doesn't necessarily want to talk mm-hmm. and just wants to take a nap or something. And, um, for her, that's, that's what works for her. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because
1: you bring up the, interest,
0: uh, the introvert versus extrovert thing. And commonly, nobody believes that I'm an introvert, which I am. But, I, but when, you know, I do need to recharge by myself. And a person that they probably believe is introvert even less than me is Scott. And Scott is an introvert. And when I taught him a Four Lenses class and we started talking about introverts versus extroverts, he, he didn't even know that he was an introvert until we talked about it. He was like, oh, that makes more sense. Like why I'm so tired at the end of the day, you know? And um, I was telling them, I was like, you might need to recharge for an hour before you go home so you don't yell at everybody, right? I mean, like, it's just kind of the way it is. So I think understanding that is important because we always talk about it. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, bad things happen, right? You have a hard yes. time controlling yourself. So we definitely need that gear one to recharge and whatever way it is that you need
1: to. in, in different settings bring out, that introvert or extrovert in us. And it's weird with me because I am an extrovert. But when I go TDY or deployed, mm-hmm. I'm an introvert.
0: Hmm.
1: And I need to recharge like an introvert. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go out and party with people. I don't need yeah. to go out yeah. and go have dinners and all this yeah. stuff. And I I remember I went on a TDY and I go into introvert mode in that mm-hmm. setting. I want to go back to my room. I want to Uh, binge watch something, I want to go work out, grab some food, and I want to talk to my wife. And then I just want to read a book and just be quiet, because I usually don't have that. And um, I I remember when TDY and somebody was like, dude, why don't you go like they were getting really heated that I wouldn't (laughs) go out and do stuff with them. And I'm like, we don't recharge the same way you thrive on that. I don't. It doesn't mean you're right. I'm wrong. Any of that. It's just Mm -hmm people are different and it's really important to, uh, to see that because it could impact relationships. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Cool. So that's gear one, huh? Finding ways to recharge.
1: Yeah. And then, and then start your day. Big Mm -hmm. big thing is don't start your day in fourth mode, start your day in first gear, Mm -hmm. start it with something you like doing. I like to get up, read, work out, play with my dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, I I start in first gear. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm recharging for the day. Then I will spend time with my family, get the girls ready for work, get my wife ready. I'm in second gear with them. I get into third gear. I get into work. I just kind of talk to people, talk to students, talk to cadre. Mm -hmm. And then I know class starts at this time, fourth gear. Right. Lunchtime, I'm probably going to be in fourth gear working some stuff. Maybe use that time as fifth to really get some stuff done. Yeah shift back to fourth gear. And then uh, the final thing with this is, is have markers in your day yeah. that remind you, you need to shift. When I'm driving mm-hmm. home and I have a bad day and I'm complaining to my wife on the phone, mm-hmm. I know when I hit the Prattville exit, mm-hmm. I got a downshift. I got to go right. back into second gear. Right. Um, so that's the big. you know, seven o'clock at night, I got to go into first gear. I got to mm-hmm. start recharging. Mm-hmm. So it's all about what are your personal markers that nice. you're setting and how are you shifting throughout your day? Because it should go all the way up, shift yeah. all the way back down, just like driving. Right. Uh, you have reverse, you got it, but. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, I like that. And uh, yeah, one thing I did take from that, from the book was definitely like, hey, don't just start in fifth gear. Don't start in fourth gear. Really work your way up. Just like you said, warm up right before you start getting up in there and just start hitting the grind. So, and which that was something that I was guilty of. As soon as I walk into office, cat card goes into the reader, log in, start plugging away. But um, more and more, I'm like, all right, come into the office, put my stuff down, put the coffee on, walk around, talk to the folks, see how everybody's doing, you know, kind of get that going. And, of course, like you said, in that gear one in the morning when I wake up, um, you know, getting my fitness in getting some reading in or whatever else it is, some inspirational reading in or whatever it might be to get me rolling for that day. And then, um, you know, talking to important people to me and then, and then getting there, getting to work and doing all that. So yeah, warming up. It's important. Another thing that I really took from it is that all the gears are important, but if you're using them at the wrong time, they could be make you less effective, but if you use them at the right time and know when to shift appropriately then you're going to be, you know, getting the right torque at the right time. You know, everything's going to be going real smooth for you as much as possible. And make sure you use that reverse when it's appropriate.
1: Yeah, you got to have the right gear and then you got to use it the right way. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And every now and then,
0: if you try to start your car in fourth gear out the garage, I mean, it happens to the best of
1: us. (laughs) Maybe one of the listeners, maybe one of the listeners (laughs) can try starting their car in fourth gear and then just... Post on your Facebook page yeah, how yeah. that went.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't just don't start it in fourth gear when your car is facing in, like you backed in, okay? <laughs>
1: you backed in. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know what's yeah, exactly. going to happen go
0: the other way. You might start hopping around. An a empty bit.
1: spot, not on a hill or yeah, anything. Yeah, just yeah, try yeah. it that way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Th- thanks, buddy. I really appreciate you exploring the, the the five gears with us and we're going to link um, the book onto our show notes in case anybody's interested in getting a deep dive into it. But um, yeah, you, you're also available if anybody's interested in trying to get a class together.
1: Oops, absolutely. All they have to do is just send a message and, and uh, okay. I think I'm doing two or three next week. I have like two or three the week after. So, nice. um, I love doing it. It's all different groups too. So, and just seeing that light bulb go off with people is worth every single one of those sessions.
0: That's awesome. Good stuff, man. And um, and also, hey, tell us a little bit, because you, you just recently uh, started a podcast not long ago, right? And it's an amazing podcast. I love your theme behind it. Can you tell us a little bit about
1: that and how we find it? Absolutely. So the podcast is called Shadows Podcast and Facebook at The Shadows Podcast, and Instagram, we're also on there um, at uh, the underscore shadows underscore podcast. And pretty much the the idea, it really got sparked when I, I, I'd I been wanting to do a podcast forever. I came on, did your episode, and I was like, wow, that was, that was fun. Just yeah. get on here talking about stuff. And so a, a guy that came through our course, he was actually um, Jonathan Batista. He was one of my students.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he and I were talking on the phone one day, just about, him teaching and everything. And we both were like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Yeah. And we were like, why don't we just do one together? And, but we wanted to, to do something to where, you know, in the military, you know, you hear everybody has a story. Every airman has a story. I believe it's a step further. Every person out there has a story to tell. Right. Uh, We've all been through obstacles. We've all had things happen. We've had highs and lows. And we learn from them, and we overcome them, and we become the people we are today. And the name Shadows Podcast, actually, I give my wife. She gets the royalties for that one because our shadows, you know, we we reach that pinnacle, that high point in our life. And our shadow, you know, the the light shining on us the right way, our shadow is larger than life. We've had some great guests you were, you were actually our first guest. We, we oh, had awesome. amazing feedback from yours. Uh, there, were, there were people that were messaging me and they're like, I've never met him before, but I connect with him so much based off his story.
0: Hmm. And that it was, was awesome.
1: different little aspects of your story that people hmm. were like, wow, I can totally relate to this. I can totally hmm. relate to what he said there. And uh, episode two, we had Shanti McMillan, former oh. uh, US Olympian. She's actually getting ready for the 2021 nice. Olympic Games. Nice. Uh, so we've had her i told my story tragedy and triumph of you yeah. know losing my father losing my sister i went very detailed yeah. i actually did not have batista on there for that one because mm-hmm. i just wanted to talk and not really yeah. have a conversation mm-hmm. um and that then- was an amazing story too man i really appreciate you sharing that it was amazing it was tough uh, it was it was really tough but uh the the You know, the people that have been reaching out to me afterwards and Mm -hmm. um, people have called me that I haven't talked to in years, just Mm kind of saying like, Hey, we appreciate you doing that. But um, other people have said they've had struggles similar and that's the whole purpose of our podcast. But we've got some great guests coming up. We've got four episodes already recorded. We got about four more in the can that we're um, waiting. We we release them every other Monday. We do two a month. And then our Instagram page, we have like bonus content. On there, so we have a weekly read where someone posts a book that they suggest reading for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got different quotes that people have said, so we've we got a lot of stuff coming out on there. And uh, yeah, we're available Spotify, Apple Podcasts, nice, um, yeah. That's
0: awesome. I That's it. awesome. Yeah. Highly recommend the shadows podcast. Um, get out there and listen to it because a lot of great wisdom that we can glean off the stories of others. And um, yeah, we're actually going to have Shantae on pretty soon as well. Um, nice. thanks, thanks for connecting with her and yeah, we should have something recorded next week. So it's going to be good.
1: She's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome, brother. Well, Hey, I really appreciate you coming on, but we can't let you get off without another leadership <sighs> rapid fire. No, we got you in the past with the other ones, yep. but we have a series of four more questions for you. Ready? I'm ready. All, All right. right. All right. Question number one, what is something, a device, tool, program, item, etc. that you use to make your day more effective and how do you use it or why do you use it?
1: Hmm. It's going to go against everything that I've said (laughs) this entire episode, but I'm honestly going to say Facebook messenger. All right. Um, Because the connection piece, getting to connect with people, something beneficial comes from every conversation or discussion I have throughout the day with somebody, whether it is um, asking how someone's day is going, hearing from a former student Getting mentor advice from somebody, uh, I think it's an amazing tool if used properly. Any of those those social media platforms, but for me, probably Facebook Messenger because I spend the most time, and it's it's a connection tool for me.
0: It's a good answer, and. Social media can be awesome long as you use it in moderation, just like everything else yes. and use it for the right reasons. Right. Yeah. And you don't
1: let it dictate other people's opinions or views or it yep. dictate how you feel. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Use it. Don't let it use you. Right. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> All right. What is something you've read lately? What's a book that you've read lately that you
1: would recommend? So I'm, I'm working on one now. It's uh, got the name of it like covert cows. It's the, uh, Chick-fil-a CEO. I'm, re- I'm reading that okay. one, but the one that I really like, it's not a really long read, mm-hmm. but it's, it was recommended to me a couple of years back, but the way of the shepherd, my doctor, oh, yeah. uh, Evan Lehman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome but, book. Awesome book. Really yeah. good book. Yeah. I love that one. So good stuff. All right. All right. So question number three, if you had an opportunity to have dinner with someone no longer living, that's not related to you
1: or that you've never met, who would it be and why? Wow. See, this is stuff I do on my podcast to people. <laughs> now you're, now you're doing this to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone, you know, I'm, I'm a big sports fan and I, I've always been really enthralled with, with coaches head coaches. Mm-hmm. Mine would be Dean Smith, former North Carolina basketball coach. Okay. Uh, I've read the Carolina way mm-hmm. and, um, uh, coach's life two really good books as well uh, very good leadership books, both of those awesome. and try just pick his brain i think it was like thirty six years he was a head coach mm-hmm. and you know he was instrumental in um, you know getting African Americans into d one basketball yeah. and um, you know banning tobacco products and alcohol products at, at you know advertisements at collegiate events and um but he he did something that I do with my students. I message my students every Christmas and just kind of check up on them like all my former students and, Mm -hmm. and friends. And he would send um, birthday cards to all of his former trainers, players, team managers Mm -hmm. every year. And he actually, uh, when he he was suffering from dementia, he had sent, that it was like $200 checks to every one of his players. Mm-hmm. And was like, here's one last dinner on your coach. And I think Michael mm-hmm. Jordan still has that check framed uh, in mm-hmm. his in his office. But nice. mine would be Dean Smith. Okay, awesome.
0: All right, final question. What is something you do to mellow yourself out when you're angry, anxious, frustrated, or down on yourself? Work out.
1: Mm. Definitely work out. Um, or, you know, or, or just spend some time with my kids. Mm. Mario Kart is an amazing tool to just nice. kind of like unwind with my, but then that can get me angry too so yeah, that's yeah, not a good yeah. answer i wonder not
0: want open on you yeah yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so we'll just go with yeah i'd say working out um that's all probably my my number one go-to just to right. kind of relieve stress and um feel better nice getting that body by body on all right yeah, it's been a long time since I've, I've dropped a Body
0: by Bodhi reference, but yeah. <laughs> awesome. Hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on. This was a blast, and uh, we'll definitely have to have you on for a third one one of these days.
1: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and as always, to all our listeners, be safe, stay healthy, and the llamas are out.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Llama Lounge Podcast. Be sure to visit the homepage for links to products and services related to this episode. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. See
0: you next time.